Hello and welcome to an all new Marvel cast, Explosion Network's hub of all things Marvel, a place to talk about everything MCU and beyond from Avengers and Defenders to Alexander Lucan and Suspiria. My name is Ashley Hobley, joining me today, Ultimate Kira Marchant. On your left. Nothing on my left. Exactly. Also I'm joining me. <laughs> also joining <laughs> us, the astonishing Dill Blight. Can I just say, I, I I know this is going to happen a lot as we do this rewatch, but I'm constantly sort of surprised, slash not surprised, because obviously I, I knew that that line was from this movie, but I'm still surprised at how well uh, either the writers or Figi or whoever you want to put the, put the credit on, who was able to take a lot of these very specific moments that people loved and enjoyed and then like s- turn them into uh, more emotional moments as callbacks lay down the line. Like, well, they do a really good job. Later the line, it's you. You realize, and I think this movie made me realize it that, like, that's we'll get to it. We'll get to it when we talk about it. We'll get to it when we talk about it. I won't go too early. Well, yeah, I'd say there's a couple couple of factors into why uh, that's happened. But yes, this episode we're going to be talking about Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I joined Shield to protect people, Captain, to build a better world. Sometimes means tearing the old one down. And that makes enemies. Are you ready for the world to see you as you really are? Look out the window. You know how the game works. Disorder. War. All it takes is one step. We're going to neutralize a lot of threats before they even happen. Thought the punishment usually came after the crime. Shield takes the world as it is, not as we'd like it to be. This isn't freedom. This is fear. You need to keep both eyes open. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Uh, Released 2014, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. Screenplay by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Based on Captain America by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Starring... Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, Kobe Smulders, Frank Grillo, Emily Van Camp, Hayley Atwell, Robert Redford, and Samuel L. Jackson. As Steve Rogers adapts to the complexities of a contemporary world, he joins Natasha Romanov and Sam Wilson in his mission to uncover the secret behind a deadly, mysterious assassin. Uh, Kieran, what did you think of Captain America, The Winter Soldier? Man, considering how good this movie is, it's probably one of my least viewed... MCU movies like I can't remember watching this in recent times or anything like maybe I feel like my rewatches get to after Avengers and then just kind of stop prematurely and then kind of pick up randomly throughout but um no this movie is solid top to bottom there was a lot of stuff I just had forgotten completely about happening um there's a lot of characters I just forgotten about with Alexander Pierce just completely going from my mind um and yeah, I think the the I love I love this movie, and I think this is where the Captain America th- movies, especially, start dipping their toe in. Hey, let's you know we're not just the Captain America movie. We start dipping our toe over into a lot of larger scale kind of more characters being like a you know like maybe like a minier version of an Avengers movie, and that definitely happens in Civil War. Um, but overall, this movie's great. Steve Rogers is great. It's a really interesting. Um, conversation piece 
in this movie and it definitely leads well into age of ultron with the conversation around shield and talking about well what is control and finding out hydra's part of shield um this is the only movie that had a decent impact or decent kind of outcome with the agents of shield series that i really like and i think the 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 echo waves that the choices in this movie take throughout the rest of the mcu by the end of the mcu are very subtle because i guess you don't really kind of think about shield being gone and everything changing um from there but i remember at the time this being a very big change and a very interesting change for on screen for the mcu itself um to no longer have nick fury and shield kind of roaming in between movies they do a little bit, but, you know, it brings forward how the Avengers organization really comes about and their kind of base, um, as well as going forward from there. Cool. Uh, Dylan, what do you think of Winter Soldier? Uh, love this. I, this is, I remember watching this for the first time in Simmer and going, good, here we go. These Marvel movies are finally stepping out, just being comic book movies, and they're, and they're just making solid uh, thriller slash action, action film. Like, this movie... Uh, this, look, not to spoil my end list to, we'll get to it maybe towards the end of this podcast, but this is the best Marvel movie we're, we're talking about so far, as far as I'm concerned. Winter Soldier is head, head and shoulders above so many other things. And the, the reason for that is it has way, way better character work than all the, 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 the movies prior to it. Its action scenes are really well put together and it has this, sort of like global espionage element to it um and also it has robert redford in it so i remember when they got him <laughs> in it i was like wow they got robert redford in a comic book movie let's let's fucking go i guess um no i mean the the hydra thing the hydra because that's the thing everyone remembers about this this movie of course like it was it was a meme you know the hey, Elijah, hey, Elijah. everyone's doing those whisper memes and uh people like take, taking different characters on twitter when this came out and, like we're you know dubbing in it was also roughly around. It was also roughly around this time that in the comic book universe, there you had the arc where Steve Rogers. Um, yeah, he said "Hail Hydra" be, at the end of the. Yeah, comic when book he said "Hail Hydra" at the same time, so. and everyone spat the gooey over that. Um, yeah, no, I think this is just this. Remo- this movie reminds me of like a late eighties, maybe early nineties, just espionage thriller for the most part. And that's that's kind of what it is. Um, and I remember also the, the, the thing that, I, I guess, if you look back now, it's easy to sort of under understate how important this movie was for the, the Russos in the directing role because this was it. This was their big showing up, like, not only are we here to say that we can direct the fuck out of these things, but holy shit, can we direct the fuck out of these things? Because prior to this, they had done nothing other than uh, like fucking community like everyone knew them yeah. from community <laughs> and they literally take the their paintball previous, fight from community <laughs> and turn it to this movie <laughs> their previous film before captain america the winter soldier is you me and dupree so classic yeah yeah wow. you know apples and jim carrey very similar they no. they've been doing a bunch no. of like comedy uh that's owen wilson comedy si- oh, that's, that's comedy right. stuff wow uh, and tv stuff yeah. and then they, they get this and they they turn it up to 11 and you would have never even guessed that this was kind of their first pro- proper quote unquote uh, feature film. I think the other thing that I. And the action in this movie, like compared to other Marvel movies, it. I don't know if it's like the. the, the, the between the fight choreograph- 
choreography, especially like during the elevator fight scene and um, some stuff like that. But even like the car chase scene, especially that that Nick mm. Fury one, like that is tense. Like that is a proper tense sequence that I think a lot of people forget about in this movie. That's probably one of my favorite sequences, the Nick Fury like driving away thing. Like that's probably one of my favorite action scenes. And they they nail the action in all elements, including when they get to more. Uh, especially like towards the end of the movie when you've got your more like typical Marvel like superpowered type action fight yeah. scenes happening, so that it's just a little bit of everything. Not to mention you got the the global conspiracy and whatever one else. Thing, one thing that stood out to me about the action in this movie is the heroes kill a, kill a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> Black Widow, like does, for sure. <laughs> like 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 there's like many points where um, quote unquote heroes are just flat out shooting people, and it's like. Yeah, Holy fuck. Nick Fury like, murders all those police people around. <laughs> yeah, murders all those police people. Oh, Hydra. Matthew, kills, um, kills. It was self-defense. It was Hydra, like, it's fine. He yeah. has, yeah, exactly. But that's the thing where I guess the uh, perspective around the MCU a lot of the time is it has a lot of uh, kind of no gore, no obvious deaths, just kind of anything that generally is getting beaten up by the superheroes is generally some kind of alien or cgi well, they, they tried to like robot. They, they try to put it from an angle you can't tell if someone died or not yeah I mean, there's literally yeah, a shot exactly. there where like people are coming into that room where um maria heals in that 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 room or whatever like on the security camera and then there's yep. two people just walk up and then she just wheels back on the chair goes bang bang through their chest and then goes back up or <laughs> i'm like well they're dead yeah <laughs> yeah the there's no questioning rubber bullets a lot of the action yeah. is um brutal in this i think I guess for me as well with the action with us, I think I know both of you also watch it with watching the Corridor Digital um, kind of react videos on their YouTube channel. Um, they have Guy De Silva has been on a number of times discussing. Yeah, which I of, spotted him now. I spotted him, especially watched, the scene yeah. where he's like nodding asleep in the, like during the mission briefing. Um, he's very easy to spot once you know he's there. So um, I think it gives you a lot more kind of respect and understanding of what's going on in the flight seas. Even just down to like the, I really enjoy the hand-to-hand combat between um, Winter Soldier and um, Captain America. Like the knife fighting section is so clean and so well done in terms of, especially the either the stuff performer um, or Sebastian Stan in the Winter Soldier costume is like the way he wields knives and, and kind of the like dropping the knives and everything between punches is really well done and really clean throughout the entire movie. The Iris Stark before Iris Stark. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is a fantastic movie, obviously. Uh, the Russos coming from TV and barely anything knocking out of the park. I think the other ones you need to give credit to are uh christopher marcus and Stephen mcfeely the screenwriters uh who obviously wrote the first captain america but they this probably has one of the strongest stories i feel like in the entire mcu and probably one of the best bit elements of like character work like this is the best performance by samuel jackson in the entire mcu i would argue probably this is one of the best performances by scarlett johansson in the mcu yeah. uh that kind of lot and of they get they get a lot of like just downtime when they especially when they're just on the like you get you get that car scene you get the little you know what they they give them time to have a little bit of a back banter and forth and, that's yeah, yeah banter that you don't get in a lot of the movies because there's so many fucking characters and so much happening this, there's no time for um, it. other than maybe Endgame this is probably the best Black Widow movie all overall like I think she has a really good role in Endgame of course but. Um, so far her character is given a lot more time the only thing I always find it a bit odd is her chemistry with Captain America here kind of slightly suggests a little bit more of a kind of 
not quite romantic, but a more flirtatious relationship. And then we go into Age of Ultron in like a movie's time where she has the kind of relationship and thing with um, Bruce Banner at the same time. That's so just like very. I don't. I don't think it comes off. I. I think she's just supposed to be a flirtatious. That's just how she is. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's just, just supposed to be a flirtatious person. But the fact that. She's constantly like, you should go on a date with this person, like, from the start of the movie. I never got it. Very much a friend. (laughs) Yeah, I I never took it as her trying to, like, she just has that flirtatious personality, but they purposely go, we're not trying to romance these two characters. They're just, it's just Black Black Widow as a character, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The other thing that surprised me, probably, from not seeing this for a while, was uh, the Winter Soldier's not introduced, like, properly until after they find out about Hydra. (laughs) So it's like a good hour and uh, twenty minutes into the film before but what the an Winter entrance. Soldiers unleashed. Yeah, mm. that's it's pretty. That crazy. whole sequence, it, it it like especially when he's standing in the middle of the street, it's very uh, Nolan like Dark Knight inspired. Especially how he's out of focus at everything initially. Yeah, it's just uh, like standing in the middle of the street, focus. fucking throws that thing under the car, and boom, bang, off off she goes. Um, no, but I, I guess that's other thing like. This movie, obviously the villain is Hydra, or the villain is Alexander Pierce, or the villain is the Winter Soldier, whatever you want to read. But this, this movie doesn't have that typical, uh, like a lot of other movies do, like that one big bad you don't really care about. Yeah. Whereas, and, he, and a lot of the time, even though they're supposed to, like, let's look at Malekith in um, Dark World, super powerful, but you never feel threatened by him. Whereas, because of how they, they wait and they how they introduced the Winter Soldier and the way he looks and everything, you always feel like that is a threatening motherfucker. Yeah. You know, like they, they build him up in a way and then when they they reveal who he is, you are then like, well, he's scary, but also I hope they can save him. Like they do, like <laughs> they, they burn both candles. Man. In, yeah. Steve really likes him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's move into building the MCU and we'll kick things off with... Uh, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, played by Sebastian Stan. Uh, so, the Winter Soldier debuted in Captain America, Volume 5, Number 1, January 2005, created by Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting. Uh, obviously, uh, very different to the Bucky Barnes we saw in Captain America, uh, the first Avenger. Uh, like you said, super threatening, super... Uh, very much an equal to Captain America, obviously, rather than the sidekick that he was uh, in that first film. Yeah. Well, it's especially watching this close, seeing the the nuanced differences between Sebastian Sands' uh, performance as doing this rewatch. I, I, you pick on him a lot more, like the way he portrays him in the first film is this. Come on, Steve, let's go. You know, like he's a very just sort of chill guy, and he even has like a bit more of that uh, period accent, like Boston period accent or something yeah. like happening in that mm. film. New Whereas, Yorker, yeah, like and the, yeah. in this film, he's just broody like it's he, he plays it to a, a dime being able to sort of switch but also it's not it's not so different that you don't see uh bucky in there obviously yeah so yeah it's kind of an understated performance in the mcu i guess to a degree yeah yeah it's inter- interesting question where to get the arm how how'd they get that arm together like what's pairing that arm um, don't they sort of answer this in like something? No, don't they ever sort of delve into this? No. Well, it's made of it's made of the same stuff as um. Yeah, it's like Adam. 
Um, no. I, I also want to say adamantium. <laughs> it's not adamantium. I thought that while I was in the movie, vibranium. I was like, no, that's yeah, vibranium. vibranium. That's yeah. it. Is. But isn't that till not till the Wakanda stuff like yeah. that? No, because isn't this one? Isn't it the only reason he's able to catch the shield is because it's made of vibranium as well? I can't remember. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting like movie wires crossed. Possibly, um, yeah. but I always thought, yeah, I always thought that was the case with even this arm. Um, yeah. But I think honestly, with the scene that. I think almost surprised me the most was the scene of him where they're trying to reset him, but him kind of remembering and everything. Like, I can't remember that scene. A, I couldn't really remember that scene in detail very much, but just the, almost the pained expression on his face of him knowing he remembers him and knowing he knows him, but then not being able to get any further. And then kind of the excruciating pain he goes into, goes through to get quote unquote reset okay. um, is once again, quite, brutal for the mcu universe or the marvel cinematic yeah. universe universe yeah laying the threads for the next film as well so uh, bits and pieces yeah. uh yeah uh so next up we've got sam wilson the falcon played by anthony mackie debuted in captain america volume 117 in september 1969 nice created by stanley and gene colin how do we feel about anthony mackie as sam wilson yeah he's uh He's great. It's I, I can't remember how I felt at the time, so it's one of those things of you're so used to him now, obviously it's hard yeah. to to picture any. Well, he's gotta be at least four or five films in now. Yeah. And like the fact he's, you know, getting his own series with um Prince of Soldier, so it's it's kinda hard to imagine him not part of the MCU at this stage since he becomes yeah. such an integral part. Um but no, I, I think I love the way he's introduced, like they did the way they just do that open, you don't know that character at that time and you just get to see Steve interact with him. You get to hear um, the fact, like he he becomes a a lovable character pretty quickly because he's charming with his interactions with Steve at the start of the movie, and then when um, he goes and visits him at the uh, what do you call it? The like the whatever the facility. Memorial? No, whatever uh, it is, whether he's doing. The, oh, sorry, the veterans. The, the veterans, veterans yeah, yeah, the veterans. That, yeah. that would be what it was called. Um, when he goes and visits him there, obviously he's doing that on his, you know, like out of his the free good time. of his heart, free, he free time and all that sort of stuff. So he quickly becomes a very likable character. The fact that he is quick to jump on board and help both uh, Cap and Black Widow at the end doesn't care, jumps straight into action. You know, like he, he's great. He's great. I like it. Great. Everyone's always yeah. had weird problems with him, I feel. Like, I don't know if it was Anthony really? Mackie I've or never, him or I've the character. Or... He was like, I always thought he fulfilled his role really well. Like, it was never anything trying to be anything more than just kind of that dependable friend for, for Captain America and kind of... Um, yeah. Even him stepping out in both Ant-Man and his moments in Civil War, I think I've pleasantly surprising in many ways of how far the character really does go i mean to a degree his character is basically always the same which is whatever cap does i do which like he doesn't have really much nuance <laughs> in, in in that yeah. but yes yeah. it's, it's a lovable trait to, to a degree you know yeah definitely uh interesting question if you were like sam and met captain america after he came out of the ice what would you recommend to put on his list what album wise is that what, like music wise? Anything. So he'd been gone since like what is this? Fuck, that's a hard question. Like, wouldn't it be like Star Wars? Yeah, that's a good option. Yeah, like shot, like um, you know, 
there's something he missed. Go watch all the Star Wars movies. Yeah. At that point, I could be like, watch them in the release order, watch them in the machete <laughs> order, watch the prequels first. You know, like, I don't know. Just be interested to see what Cat's which Which way do you, depends on what mood you're yeah. into. Yeah. Like, come back to me. Steve, ring me later. Tell me what you thought of mid Chlorians and uh, how much you hate <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Kieran, what would you tell him to watch or read or listen um, to? Well, Fight Club is definitely one as a movie. Really? That's that's a movie. That's what you're going to <laughs> Fight Club. Like, Fight Club, Steve. I don't know. There's something about Fight oh, Club. You, Steve, you Steve Rogers just saying? comes out of the ice after 60, 70 years at this point. You could have picked. Club, you you could have picked like any Beatles album. Um, no, 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 no. That's my movie. I would definitely be like. <laughs> you, you didn't let me finish. You just jumped on me for fight saying club. Fight Club. Fight Club. I jumped on me for Fight Club and movies. I was going down the. You list, like, like violence, don't you? <laughs> fight Club. Fight Club would definitely be in the movies, but yeah, no, definitely for music, it would be go a. Just go listen to all the music from every decade because, but definitely listen through the Beatles. Um, listen through Queen, listen through the Rolling Stones, like all the big bands, like definitely take your time. You know what? I'd even give him a list of stuff to avoid that just didn't <laughs> happen. You know, just, just bits and pieces that I'd be like, yeah, nah, not that, not that. Just avoid this. Um, uh, there's so much, like, it's so interesting to the concept of having a character that's just not been around for 70 years of history is so amazing. Like even just to go through and like give him a history book and just be like just read through what happened because a yeah. whole lot of stuff happened and understand like even just the technological advances of the world but in that 70 years are insane do you ever, do you ever watching big brother and that at the end of the season they would show them like a, a highlight reel of all the news that had been happening in the year that they'd been inside yeah. the house it's like that but yeah. like way big obviously but that's where exactly, my brain yeah. went for some reason so <laughs> yeah exactly uh i would tell cap to watch the simpsons because then he'd be filled in for the last Nah, I'd tell him to watch years, Simpsons, yeah. but then like stop at like season ten. Like just stop there. Just keep. Simpsons- what, he, he, he's so busy, he won't have time to get. Yeah, to how much fucking time do you think Captain 10. America has to watch all yeah. this stuff? Karen's like, just listen to everything and uh, <laughs> to everything. and watch. Just, when you're Club. on a mission, here, here's some here's some headphones. Whenever you're on a mission, you only need one ear because you're a super soldier. Other ear, just be playing. He's probably got tubes, like really good hearing as well, so. Exactly. He could probably hear through it. You know, yeah. if it was in modern day, he you'd have that kind of technology in your earbuds that kind of filter th- in uh, environmental kind of sounds. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Agent 13, Sharon Carter, played by Emily Van Camp, debuted in Tales of Suspense 75, March 1966, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby, uh, obviously playing the uh, neighbor. I, th- I think they have nice chemistry here, uh, well- especially in that opening, you know? Steve, obviously. Do they have a reveal No, they don't. They don't until the next movie. It's a big thing in the next movie. But is it in the credits? Does it say Sharon Carter? Or does it just say, like, something? I don't know about that one, actually. I I didn't actually go to look. I didn't check the credits. Because for most of the movie, she's only referred to as Sharon or Agent 13. Yeah. Um... Can I say, my memory of her character is both movies she's in melded together. That's fair. Like... I just didn't. I didn't realize that a lot of the Carter stuff didn't come up in this movie, and that she only had a fairly kind of small role. Like she was honestly the, I guess in this movie as a character, she's used as the face of the everyday member of Shield that has no idea kind of what's going on or anything. Yeah. Um, like she's used as that kind of facial person for the whole staff, but um, 
I think yeah, she has solid. She's chemistry. just called. She's just, just credited as Kate slash Agent Thirteen. So okay, Kate. Oh, because that's how he that's knows, what her when, knows her yeah, as young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, yeah. I was wondering because I, th- I think I had a similar thing where her her appearance is just all melded all together, and together, I, yeah. I completely forgot that that was sort of a reveal that was safe for a different movie. So, um, there's not much of her in this movie. To, like she's fine, but obviously her, her probably talk about her more. She's more relevant. Uh, next War. time she Civil shows up in Civil War, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then the only other piece of the puzzle, uh, Crossbones, played by Brock... Uh, no, Brock Lomlet, Rumlau, played by Frank Grillo, uh, debuted in Captain America Volume 1, 360, November 1989, created by Mark Grunwald and Kieran Dwyer. Uh, obviously, it's solid foil. I mean, he's the guy hunting Captain America the entire film. Uh, you know, and it sets up that iconic elevator scene. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a Frank Grillo fan. He's a, he always plays the same character, but I anytime he yeah. shows up to <laughs> to punch <laughs> and kick a bunch so. of people in, in movies, I always enjoy him. Um, and the only thing that kind of because I forgot how much he was kind of I forgot how much he was actually in the movie, and by that I mean like talking, uh, like scenes of lines, not just yeah grunting not and just showing like, up. get that guy or whatever. Uh, it's kind of disappointing he, because I, I feel like a lot of people don't even realize, or like it, it, if you don't rewatch the movies or you don't pay too much attention when when he shows back up as uh, Crossbones, Crossbones, like just it's kind of an unevent. I mean, it's it's a B villain anyway or whatever C villain, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, kind of I wish mean, he's kind of set up to be the Batrock leap, the leaper of the next film. Yes, and then doesn't really work out, but it's fine. Maybe he comes back. Maybe. Or does he die in that film? I can't remember. We'll find out in a few weeks. He's supposed... I mean, you could say he dies in this one. Like, they try and... They could have written him off. Like, you see him coming into the hospital, but they could have been like, oh, he didn't survive. The thing is, they make a very obvious... They make a very obvious camera movement on not only his burnt body, but also the cross in the middle of his chest. Of his, like... Do they? I've missed that. Like, yeah. Like, they start at the cross and then pan outwards for it to be him. Um... Which no, if you know it's crossbows, then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's kind of definitely. Is there any other points you guys want to hit? Um, I forgot that um, Peggy had Alzheimer's in this movie, or yeah, some form very of sad. memory. I, I I completely forgot that that was even a part of this. I remember like uh, Ro- Rogers having a scene with her and talking about and kind of having a chat with her, but I couldn't remember that saying, and that kind of hit a little bit harder this time. Um. In many ways, with just how truly sad that is for him, um, and everything going through, um, and also is like going from really kind of a serious point to a not so serious point. <laughs> Steve Rogers' hair super blonde in this movie. Like I don't think he gets like, like maybe he's just trying something as being the face of Shield, but it's maybe. never this blonde again. I don't think. No, because he's he's going undercover after this. Exactly. Exactly. He's got to be the golden boy. The only thing that one. the only thing that annoys me about this movie, really, is the whole epic burn the eye patch scene at the end, and then next time he shows up, he's got the eye patch. Yeah, that eye patch yeah. was special though. No, it's it's like it's that I, eye patch I, had his old DNA samples well, on it. I understand, so. like when they're making it, it's supposed to be this like sort of 
You does know, he when's, when does he show up again? I can't remember. He show up like Ultron. Age Ultron, like at halfway, Bart's house, oh, okay. halfway through the movie. At Barton's yeah. house, when everything is bad, and That's everybody's right. like, oh, I don't know what to do. And he comes and smacks him on the Yeah, bottom, and he just looks exactly like normal on Nick Fury. Like he's got, from memory, yeah, he's just like, got. There's nothing changed. It's like, oh, there's still a shield? You're still up to. He's like, yeah, shield's totally still running like i'm still kind of even though there's this agents of shield show that's like that's acting like yeah. there's no real shield and colson's in charge of shield. by the way colson's alive probably should have told you that like a while ago but that's fine yeah um, this deleted scenes sounds yeah. pretty great <laughs> now the only other hot take i'll throw out out here um and this isn't to shit on the last two avengers movies but i really wish we'd got more of this than uh out of the russo's than uh, more like the special effects fucking smorgasbord that they they end up having to. As in, are you talking about Infinity War and Endgame? Yes, because you would have liked more character character stuff. Well, not only character stuff, but a lot of this movie is practical effects. Um, like we're talking about before, like you, you can they discuss a lot of these in that. Uh, what the fuck's that YouTube channel called? Collider, 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 So that obviously in one of those episodes they discuss a lot of them, and if you have watched any of the behind the scenes stuff on the special features or anything, um, which I remember watching when I got the Blu-ray years and years ago, but a lot of the the stuff in this movie is like it's real, you know, like the highway stuff's real. That like there's minimal special effects, and it, all in all, you get this package that has that raw feeling to it that you just can't quite yeah. get if you use too many special effects and i think that the russos are so good at making this as i'm saying this is like a thriller espionage action movie like world action scenes are great and whatever else i don't think any of their action scenes ever reach the caliber of this movie especially as they start moving towards more special effects based stuff and that was kind of out of their hand because of the characters and all that sort of stuff that they were dealing with but I would love to have seen them do or maybe do something else like this just because they get it so right in this one and then going forward it, you just get another action scenes. Like, if, like, I know we can discuss when we get to Endgame, but, like, the I'm on your left scene and that whole action sequence, like, towards the end of that movie, yeah. it's epic um, just from a visual standpoint of seeing all the characters. But that that whole fight scene, none of that is anywhere near to any of the fight scenes in this movie. Uh, like on a visceral. But that level. fight scene goes off something very different than this fight scene does. That's just power set reasons more than anything else. The, the, yeah, no, not but, only power set, but that fight scene rides off the fact that this is ten, like a decade over a decade's worth of build for this fight scene. Yeah. Like this moment, Avengers assemble. Like that is that kind of rides off that. I mean, to a degree, I think high. you can do special effects and visual effects well that it still feels re really great like look at the matrix for example but that's a movie that uses a ton of special effects but then you still have the like for, think about the scene where they're running on the walls right the classic matrix one they walk in they drop the guns fucking running on walls shit's exploding everywhere there's a mixture of special effects but they're also just blowing up fucking cement walls and having someone run a wall and like <laughs> the thing is the the stakes of that movie of endgame as well as the players within that are kind of beyond the realm of close quarters hand-to-hand -hand combat. I know. I'm just saying from a personal view, I wish we'd got another one of these somewhere yeah. before they well, had to- Well, maybe before... we will. I don't <laughs> see- Maybe I... Black Widow's going to be that. Yeah, I'm hoping. Maybe, I'm hoping um, maybe Winter Soldier and, Fal and Falcon's going to be 
entirely this. Well, I, like, I mean, I mean, like in particular from the Russos. Like, if if they're done oh, with okay, the, uh, if the they're Russos. done with the MCU now, well, yeah, maybe cherries. That yeah, I don't, I don't know this much. Just yeah. just like a super quick point that I did find really strange when watching this movie. When Alexander, I think it's Alexander Pierce, is listed off potential threats that the no, it's Jasper Sitwell. Oh, Doctor okay. Strange or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. mentioned Stephen Strange, and I'm like, what? Why? That was the one Easter egg in- where in my cinema, everyone at the, I remember everyone watching it. And someone said when he said Doctor Strange, I heard like everyone from that cinema go, oh, yeah. like it was like <laughs> everyone like yeah. turning to their no, friend at the same but, time going. By that point, he's been studying at the mythical place for a while yeah te- 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 technically i think it's, i didn't think yeah. he had by this point no i think they had to i think they get the timing right i think that movie he set. was a very dangerous plastic surgeon we'll though. get to it in a couple weeks <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i didn't think there was any big time jumps in doctor strange off the top of my head mm-hmm. but yeah we'll get there yeah i imagine it was training for memory for a little while yeah uh you know big montage anyway it's been a while i will say the one thing is uh obviously Probably don't know if you noticed, but Joe Russo had a cameo. Yes, I did notice film. this time because I didn't. I, I know what he looks like now, and this cameo is a lot better when in, in, compared to playing the one gay character in your whole fucking movie. But but, <laughs> but here's the thing: in this film, he's credited as Doctor Fine. In uh, Endgame, he's cr- no, yeah, in Endgame, he's credited as Grieving Man. Okay, he could be another. Okay, could be a different <laughs> person. Doctor, but in Captain America: Civil War, he's got another cameo and is do- oh. credited as a Doctor Theo Broussard. You know, why couldn't it be the same Doctor each time? Oh. Man, canon, guys. Mm. Jeez. Let down. I wonder why he's the only one that does cameos. Like, the, like that's just, he stretches his, his he wish he yeah. was an actor in another life, so he's like, let me cameo. I think so. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Uh, let's touch on our Stanley signing. Stanley plays a security guard at the Smithsonian Institute, Smithsonian Institution, who, after discovering the Captain America stole his old World War II uniform uh, from an exhibit, says, oh, man, I'm so fired. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, mean, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think that... That wasn't the same suit he wore in World War II, though. I'm pretty sure it, they, they fixed it up. It'll be pretty a replica. Sure. Yeah, that's true. It could be, just be a replica. And that's been your Stanley signing for this week. Uh, Dylan, what's your most marvelous moment from Captain America, the Winter Soldier? Um, it has to be, well, see, I was, I was struggling to pick between two moments and I think at the end of the day, it has to be Cap willing to take the beating. Cause that just, that is just, uh, Steve Rogers, you know, in a nutshell in that, mo- that in, in a moment, you know, like him, him and the fact I forgot they actually properly, he like, he gets all bruised up. His face gets... He gets shot several times he as well. Yeah, he gets situation. like fucked up. Like, but yeah. um, I would, yeah, I, I would say that my my runner up was my like my favorite scene is the Nick Fury, um, action scene. That's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie, like action wise. But marvelous moment, I'm gonna go with that one because that's just Steve Rod- Rogers in a nutshell. Like I'm not gonna fight you. Puts it down, takes the fucking beating. It's emotional, man. Kieran, what's your most marvelous moment? I was going to say the same moment of the beating because I think that does very much encapsulate Steve Rogers as a character as well as their relationship. Uh, but just as like a random scene that I really enjoy every time I see it is uh, the Jonathan Sidwell scene where he gets kicked off the building 
And just the nonchalant conversation that starts happening between Black Widow and Steve Rogers. And I always remember the first time watching it without clicking that they'd actually already gone and got the uh, Falcon suit. Of just being like, they just kicked him off a building. Spider-Man's about and to swing talk- in. It's me! They're just, <laughs> <laughs> they're, just, they're just talking like nothing happened. It's like, what the hell? Um, and then to have the, the Falcon suit revealed and everything, I think it's a really good moment. For this it's crazy movie. how old-fashioned Steve is that he doesn't want to date somebody with a lip piercing. <laughs> and that was you know what kind of like a bit prejudiced to be like like the way he remembered her is the one with the lip piercing and then being like yeah, I mean nah. he's like a 70 80 year old man so yeah you know things change uh, I will say obviously the, the first Winter Soldier fight with everybody I think that's obviously on the highway really impressive uh, really well put together uh, I'll also shout out I really love the scene where Steve goes back to retrieve the USB stick. It's not there. And then Black Widow pops up Just in the background. Bobbling gum. Blowing bubbles. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty great. Also, um, we have to still... I don't know why I didn't... I just... The, the elevator scene is just a general moment. Oh, yeah. Moment. Elevator scene. It, it kind of even uh, transcends this movie in terms of choreographed fight scenes, as well as the kind of... the. The way it's kind of mirrored in the end game section um, is done so well that it kind of really sets itself. I was like the way well. the, the yeah. overhead shot sells it, and then also just the line of "Everyone, what's he say? Everyone want to get off before we start this?" Yeah, or yeah any like? chance, any last chance to get off now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, enjoy Sam getting upset that they didn't know which floor he was jumping out of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, the floor numbers on the outside. It's true though. That's a funny, <laughs> like, sort of meta thing on movies because often in movies. When they, anyone has to pick someone up with a helicopter that's running out of a building or whatever, they're like, I'm on the 60th floor. And they just happen to be able to be like, yeah, it's that one. <laughs> whatever it also, is. Also, minor, super minor thing. How well did Nick Fury fly that helicopter with like one of his arms broken? He's fucking He's pro. one armed. Bloody pro. Like, what a guy. Bloody pro. I um, mean, kind of a dick trying to trick everybody that died. Like, yeah, you couldn't trust anyone. Did you guys actually believe he mate. died? Uh, the first time watching it, yeah, I thought, I thought he was... Dead, dead. I mean, yeah, they literally showed him they, die on a fucking hospital yeah, bed. So. When they showed the scene, if they hadn't showed the scene in the um, like the surgery, I might have been like, "Oh no, he'll come back." But at yeah. the time, I was like, "Fuck." Yeah, I remember. Killed I was him. totally into. I was like, "Wow, bold move!" But whatever. Like Samuel Jackson's a busy man. I remember yeah. in, the, in my head yeah. that was the like Samuel <laughs> Jackson's <laughs> a busy again. man. So like, <laughs> you're busy like, man. Yeah, that's that, this works out. He like signed a fil- five film yeah. contract, didn't he, or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. He made like five. Like, this 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 adds up. Yeah. Um, you went out on the bank. Here's my question: Are you adding um, the twins uh, in your? No, I'll save that for okay. Age of Ultron. Yeah, I think I'll save post-credit characters for the. Even though the post-credit scene turns out to be like one of the most meaningless post-credit scenes, because the enemies in that post-credit scene get like dealt with in the first 15 minutes of Ultron. Yeah, it's like the biggest like kind yeah. of swerve. Yeah, I will say it is, was awfully bold of them to also like destroy Shield. Something we're building up mm, since Iron very Man much so. uh, in this film, especially when you do have a show called Agents, Agents of Shield, Shield yeah. currently running. I will say that show definitely picked up after the events of Winter Soldier. In a lot of ways, ever- in retrospect, doesn't it feel like maybe they started that show and then the show was just waiting for this movie to release? You know, I to think so. Yeah. I think hundred percent. It was definitely a hey, let's build these characters up to this point where we can reveal which of the main cast are bad guys. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That that was a great episode. Uh, obviously, everything changed. It was probably the only time 
Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really kind of mattered or felt any major kind of ripples with the actual MCU, yeah. considering they have the whole inhuman thing going on in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it just does not get mentioned in the no, MCU. No, because they ruined that. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, Agents like, of S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't ruin that. Marvel, Marvel television ruined it. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right, let's move into our comics recommendation. And I've been just thinking, oh, they're talking about Captain America, the Winter Soldier. They'll, their comics recommendation is going to be Captain America, the Winter Soldier. No, it's not. I'll give you one ex- pure reason why. That run, that story is 12 issues long. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weekly podcast. Do you want to read that many? Uh, <laughs> we, we might come back to it later. But uh, for this episode, I picked Secret Warriors Volume 1, Nick Fury, Agent of Nothing. Uh, which ran from in Secret Warriors 1 to 6 from February to July 2009, written by Brian Michael Bendis and Jonathan Hickman, uh, penciled by Stefano Caselli. Uh, so this is set after the events of Secret Invasion, which was a big event in the Marvel Comics in which the, there were, turned out there were a bunch of Skrulls uh, in inside side. the MCU, hiding, in the, hiding amongst everybody and uh, invading Earth and then... At the end of everything, the Skrull invasion is taken out by Norman Osborn, who is then put in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. He closes down S.H.I.E.L.D. and starts Hammer. Uh, so Nick Fury is kind of left of his own devices. In Secret Invasion, I think he introduces the Secret Warriors, his team of uh, secret metahuman agents uh, who he plans to do secret shit with. Uh, so basically, in the first issue, it turns out the entire time Nick Fury's been was head of Shield, Hydra was pulling the strings the entire time. Uh, what a coincidence! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's very much a story of uh, him getting this team to uh, take down Hydra and stop Hydra. And this Hydra is much more badass. This this Hydra <laughs> is then. a lot different than the movie. Um, and also, to the degree, when I finished the second episode, and I'm not going like, to spoil everything because anyone was ready, but if you get to the end of the second episode, second issue, and they're like, hey, like, here's this villain, and it's like, that's the final page before that issue ends, and yep. I'm like, I have no idea who the fuck that is. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> pull out the old Google machine. But it was like, you know, anytime. Thank you, God for Wikipedia. I was like, right? yeah. So I was like, it's always awkward when you're reading a comic and there's like a big reveal and you're like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> who the fuck is that? Uh, but otherwise, this is, uh, this, I, I was enjoying this. I was enjoying the, uh, the banter, especially between, I guess, uh, Nick Fury's whatever they're called. You said they're called the bottom. Secret Warriors. Yep, Secret Wars. Which, by the way, every time I tried to find this comic, I kept typing in um, Secret, Secret Wars, Wars or se- something. Like I kept forgetting what the <laughs> fucking comic was called. Um, the <laughs> banter between those characters good. Uh, White Nick Fury's still weird. I know we talked about this other week, but anyway, I'll kind of never get over it, even though I know that's the <laughs> the OG. Uh, weird how much New Zealand's in this comic, and. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm gonna finish it. I got, I got, I got an issue left, but I'm enjoying it. I, I, to the degree, I may keep reading the uh, the run to like after yes. we finish this. It's only oh, okay. 25, it's 25 issues. issues. Yeah, so I was like, mm, I am enjoying this. So, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. the other thing I was like, is you would if I didn't know anything about um, Secret Invasion, this would be nearly impossible to read, even yeah, without knowing who yeah, the villain is. It'd be super yeah, because like it, it, straight away you're like. Okay, well, if 
if you didn't know that, you'd be very fucking confused <laughs> right now. Like, why, why yeah, are these characters here? What's going on here? Yeah. I will also say it's very Jonathan Hickman. Uh, obviously, I believe this was one of the first projects he got when he started over at Marvel. Uh, and is very much, especially the first issue with all its diagrams and <laughs> charts and stuff. It's a very Hickman. Uh, it, he did most of the screen, the writing. I think the story was just based one he built with Michael, Brian Michael Bendis. So, uh, yeah, Kieran, what do you think? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I finished all six of these issues. Um, Secret Warriors have never really been anything that I've kind of established. There's been a couple different varieties, so there's never really been any time I've really jumped into them. Um, but the Secret Wars is one of my favorite Avengers arcs in general for the MCU mm. universe. And I'm part of me's always been a little disappointed since Captain Marvel came out about the kind of the signs that that's probably not going to happen um, necessarily within the MCU unless they do it a completely different way, which is a bit disappointing. Um, but to see this in the aftermath of that and then also to have this replay and reef like it almost do what we've seen in Captain America Winter Soldier in a different way is really good. One of the things that always ba- not baffles me, but I guess it, it, just things to get used to is just things like random enemies or groups or units that exist within this universe just randomly being used in these kind of comics. The um the hand being used at one point during this is like the fuck like um yeah. like okay sure that's i completely get that's okay really interesting to use them here um and it also reminds you of how the mcu in very in a couple different ways have really misused um hydra villains like in terms of there's several that are in this that have appeared in the mcu that are just so much more well built and well done in the comic books that it's a bit disappointing to know what their MCU counterpart was like. Um, that I, I just, it just gives that shows the kind of one of the benefits of the comic books is that it allows those characters to grow a lot more and be built up a lot more as it, enemies. It and also the, allows the them to have several horrible runs and rebirths and variations, and then people yes, are easy to just go, whatever, that was shit, and I'll read this new one. Hopefully they're good now. Whereas if you fuck up a character yep. in a movie, people are going to go, yeah, that was boring. I don't want to watch the second one. And it costs $1 million for you to make. Yep. Your loss. Yep. Like, it's not as forgiving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I also really enjoy the run. Uh, obviously, there's lots that it's hard to keep track of different things, bits and pieces. Like, obviously, this is a brand new cast of characters that I know very little about other than, other than uh, Daisy Johnson Quake. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I would be pretty keen to keep reading the run, uh, even though I'm, I, I read it. I read, I read the Wikipedia page to catch up and got bits and pieces spoiled. But I think uh, I'd be interested to see how those things play out. Anyway, all right, that brings us to the end of this episode of All New Marvel Cast. Let us know what you thought of Captain America: The Winter Soldier, or what you thought of Secret Warriors, Nick Fury, Agent of Nothing. Uh, give us your comics recommendations over on Twitter. Uh, you can find all of our Twitters by going to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. On our next episode of our MCU rewatch, we'll be discussing Guardians of the Galaxy. So make sure you watch that and join us next time for another all-new Marvel cast. Marvel.